Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Strive by Dr. Adam Fraser. Keep listening to find out why we need more, not less struggle in our lives. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. And this is the fourth book in a little mini series I've been running throughout July on books that are useful for a mid-year reflection and reset and check in with ourselves. So we talked about a couple of books that were around giving ourselves a bit of a pep talk in Be Brilliant by Janine Garner. Last week we talked about the 12-week year, which is a bit of a reset on productivity and really rethinking really how we frame our years and plan our time. And then we also talked about Start With Why and Find Your Why by Simon Sinek on the basis that it seems to be a good place to start in terms of working out what is it you want to do and what is the impact you want to make and the value you want to share. This book then is a nice way to finish because it's all about how to rethink the idea of struggle and striving. In August, so from next week, I'm doing a little another little mini-series actually, just because why not? I've been quite enjoying having little themes for different months on autobiographies and biographies. So it's going to be Autobiography August. I know, see what I did there? Uh, and I'm going to cover a few of my favourite books that I've read from about people's lives. Now that I'm going to cheat, some of them might be biographies as well. But the idea is that it's all books about other people's lives, either written by them or by someone else. But before we get into that, that's next week and next month, let's get into the book Strive by Dr. Adam Fraser. A little bit about the book. Is happiness really the key to a meaningful and fulfilling life? We are all obsessed with happiness. There are thousands of books, presenters and courses trying to teach us how to be happy. But are we more happy? No, we are the most depressed, anxious and medicated group of people in history. The happiness movement has failed us. Strive turns our ideas of happiness upside down and reveals why challenge, struggle and setbacks are the keys to living a profoundly satisfying life that fosters authentic happiness. Dr. Adam Fraser shows that the practice of striving towards a goal is vital to achieving fulfillment and peak performance without needing to sacrifice your relationships and physical and mental well-being along the way. Strive is a must read for anyone who wants to transform their lives and find fulfillment one struggle at a time. If you haven't heard of Dr. Adam Fraser, here's a little bit about him. He's a heavy metal loving, car racing, daughter raising, gym junkie, geek researcher. Up until now, the greatest moment in his life has been, at, been being at the front row at an Iron Maiden concert. His company conducts cutting edge research with different universities all over the world and then disperses that information in a practical form through books, keynote presentations, workshops, training programs, online programs, and customized consulting projects. He believes everyone has a superpower. Some people can cook, some people can create amazing works of art, others can hug with the appropriate amount of pressure for the right length of time, and his superpower is the ability to make the complex simple and engaging. He takes the latest science and translates it so that people can immediately apply it to their own situation. Both of those little blurbs are taken from dradamfraser.com, link is in the show notes. There's a few other little videos and resources there that I recommend heading over and checking out. Now, you, whether you maybe you don't know the, the name Dr. Adam Fraser, but you might be familiar with his concept of the third space. It's something that I have shared countless times since I first saw it, maybe five or six years ago. 
and it is fantastic. It's all about how you transition from one situation to another and use those micro moments sometimes between situation A and situation B to rest, reset and recover. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It is well worth a watch and it's a great one from a resilience perspective and also just from an emotional regulation and management perspective too. But that's the third space. We're talking about Strive today. So let's get into the three big ideas I took from the book Strive by Dr. Adam Fraser. Big idea number one, we need more struggle. First, we need to stop the happiness obsession. This is not normal and it is not normal for humans who have the capability for a huge range of emotions to be obsessed with just one of them. It's not achieving things that make us feel good. There is this idea of the completion myth and we often, or we hear, you may have done it yourself, I'm sure I've been guilty of it as well and we hear this all the time. When I get this, then I'll be happy. When I've I hate to say it, lost weight, then I'll be able to get on with my life. Or when I find true love, all of these things that we think are going to make us happy, but they might only make us happy in for a few moments, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks if we're lucky. What Dr. Adam Fraser has found in the research he's been both doing himself, but other people's research that he's been using, is that it's actually the struggle and the strife of getting to the, the goal that makes us makes us feel accomplished and gives us a sense of purpose less about the idea of happiness. So there's examples, and maybe you've done this yourself, you've signed up and run a 5K or a 10K or even a marathon or an Ironman or a Tough Mudder. You feel amazing once you've done it, that sense of accomplishment that gives you that huge buzz that you keep for for days, maybe even a few weeks. But eventually it, it dies off and it doesn't keep you happy forever. And often what you find out you miss, particularly if it is something you've worked really hard to achieve, you find yourself missing the discipline or the practice or the the strive you or the struggle you had to go through to get to the goal not actually the point of crossing the finish line or getting the degree or whatever it is that you have achieved there's an example in the book about q8 so dr adam fraser let's call him adam shall we adam went to q8 and what he found is that because in Q8, people have got it pretty good. Like there's a very good social setup. Everyone's got a job. No one really has to work that hard. It's an incredibly affluent country. People have got whatever they, really whatever they need. But they're not that happy. And this was actually why Adam was called into Q8 was to try and help them improve their happiness. Because what the the people of Q8 realized, what the government of Q8 realized is that no one was really that happy despite having everything they could ever want or need because they didn't have to really work for anything. There was no sense of accomplishment, no sense of purpose, no sense of strife or strive for what they needed. So people want this personal journey, this development even more, which is why we see people doing some of these, what we might consider crazy things like signing up for an Ironman race or doing a Tough Mudder or doing that MBA at the same time as raising four children and keeping down a full-time job as a single parent. All of these things people want the personal journey. People want a sense of something to try and accomplish because we know we need more struggle in our lives. We know that we need something to work towards. There's a really interesting point in the book around the characteristics of skill and confidence building and the difference between that and flow. Because as you're starting to read the book, you're like, oh, is this similar to flow? And there's actually a few differences. So the characteristics of something that will build skill and confidence, which is what we're talking about with the idea of strive or striving, The challenge level has to be high, the skill required has to be high, but the enjoyment of the practice or the 
the discipline of getting there, whatever it is you have to do, be it studying or training or whatever, the enjoyment of that practice is low. So the challenge is high, the skill required is high, but the enjoyment is low. Whereas getting into a flow state based on Mahaley's work, I think I pronounced that correctly, I might be wrong, is that the challenge is high, the skill required is high, so those two things are the same, but the enjoyment is high, the interest in the topic is high, and time distorts, and that's when we get into that flow state that we all lust after on a daily basis at work. So some similarities in that the challenge is high and the skill required is high, but the big difference between flow and strive is that with strive, you're not enjoying the process in the moment. However, when you look back on it, you do think, oh yeah, that was, that was really great. I'm glad I did that. So this is the idea, big idea number one, that we need more struggle. We need to stop our obsession with happiness and we need to create challenging personal journeys. Big idea number two is to change your struggle mindset. We really have to see, to for this to be successful and for us to adapt some of the ideas in the book, we have to change the struggle mindset. We have to see struggle as an opportunity for development. This is where we get that greatest sense of achievement, where we've seen the opportunity for development, which means we accept that it's not always going to feel good. We're not going to have that enjoyment level that we might do when we're in doing something that is within our strengths, which, you know, it's, it's building us or it's developing us in some way, but it's enjoyable. Now, to change our struggle mindset, Adam says that there is three foreground behaviors that allow us to embrace struggle. Number one of the three is that we need to accept that struggle sucks and be okay with that reaction. We have to accept the things in our brain that will say, I really don't want to go and do that practice training session. I really don't want to have to get up at 5 a.m. to hit the books before I go to work to get towards that MBA. I need to accept that when I... I'm faced with this decision between sitting and watching Netflix and and getting in the bay for another cold swim to train for that Ironman. I am not going to want to do that. So it's accepting that you are not going to want to do the things that you need to do to strive and to get that sense of achievement by that you're, the thing you're working towards. So if we accept that struggle sucks and that's okay, that's a really big part or that really important behavior in overcoming struggle. The second behavior is that we need to connect to meaning and purpose. So we need to connect the the struggle that we're going to go through with the meaning and the purpose that it is towards. And that is generally towards three things, the achievement of a goal. And this generally has to be a more intrinsic goal. There was an example in the book, which I loved, which was this lady who had a lot of health issues, a lot of particular issues with diabetes, and her family members had tried to get her to diet and to eat better and all of this stuff for a long time because they obviously were worried about her. But it wasn't until her granddaughter said to her, oh, you're not as good as my other grandma because she runs around with me and and does all these other things that this lady wasn't able to do because of her health conditions. And the thing that was the the snapping and the the trigger for her was not wanting to let the other grandma be the favorite. And that was the thing that changed everything. She then got on top of her health issues. She started to manage her diabetes more because it was this intrinsic goal. Her granddaughter had found the one thing that other people hadn't been able to tap into with the more rational conversations or arguments around her dying younger and all of these other things that they were obviously telling her were gonna happen to her. She knew, but once she found that intrinsic goal, that was when she changed. The second meaning and purpose category is mastery. So mastering a skill. And the third one is contribution to others. 
which is maybe the easiest one to to understand in terms of well yes if I can see that the the struggle that I'm going to go through is going to hugely contribute to other people be it your family your friends your organization people in your community or society if you're doing something more charitable then it's, it's easier to overcome and still go through with the struggle the third foreground behavior so we've got accepting that struggle sucks and being okay with your reaction connecting to meaning and purpose. And then the third one, which I really liked, was marveling at your own courage. So having that reflection moment and thinking about what courage or what courageous behavior do I need to lean into and use to help me overcome this particular struggle and get me out of the house at 5 a.m. or get me into that cold water or get me to open up my books. So marveling at your own courage, and and that might not be something as big as that, it might even be the courage to have a really hard conversation with someone at work or the person you live with or whatever it happens to be. But these three foreground behaviors will allow you to, or allow us to embrace the struggle and embrace the thing that we need to do to achieve the goal that we're moving towards. So this is big idea number two, change your struggle mindset. See it as an opportunity for development, and think of those three foreground behaviors. Big idea number three is build struggle rituals. So you've got the foreground behaviors that we just talked about. They're the ones at the front that you have to actually act on on a a daily basis, potentially, or a weekly basis. The struggle rituals, these are the background behaviors, and there's five of those. And this is the basis from which we strive, or from which you can strive. The first one is focus. So the first one is being able to focus on what you're doing, what is important and not multitask because that will take us away from overcoming what we're trying to do and achieving what we're trying to do. The second one is gratitude. So having some kind of practice on a daily or weekly basis where you think about what's going well, what's gone, what has gone well, what is going well and what you are grateful for. And there is huge amounts of evidence towards that being a very healthy practice. The third one is connecting with others and getting support, knowing who your support team and crew are that you can call on and that you can maybe rant to or ask for help from. The third one is relax, like this one. The micro and the macro, so daily moments of either meditation, some kind of mindfulness, maybe it's the gratitude practice, maybe it's going for a walk, doing some exercise, whatever it is on a daily basis that you need to do all the way through to the macro things. So making sure in a given year, you're taking enough holiday. There's an idea in the book that I really love that I'm gonna do myself, which is the this idea of a monthly no responsibilities day. So you completely clear the diary one particular day and make no decisions, have no responsibilities, know where you need to be, nothing you need to do. You just set things up so that everything else can, and everyone else can just manage around you and you just do you. Maybe you go to the cinema, maybe you go for some lunch, whatever it is, but you have no responsibilities. That's the fourth one. The last and final one, the fifth one is celebrate. So celebrating the small achievements on the way to the bigger goal, celebrating obviously when you achieve the goal or get to the point that you have been striving towards, whatever it is, but again, at a micro and a macro level, making sure you are celebrating. So those five background behaviors again, focus, gratitude, connection with others, relax, more relaxing and celebration. So the the reason these are in the background is because they're the rituals. Like I said, these are the things that you need to be doing on a daily, weekly basis to really set the basis from which you can strive. Once you've got those in place, 
once you are focusing, once you have a gratitude practice, once you're connected well with others and have a great support network, then you can overcome anything. With these five things in place, you can struggle and strive towards the things that are most meaningful to you. So that's it, big idea number three, build struggle rituals. So there's the big ideas. Number one, we need more struggle. Number two, change your struggle mindset. See it as an opportunity for development. And number three, build your struggle rituals. Think about the daily and weekly habits that you need to be able to build a basis to strive from. I really enjoyed the book, particularly the bit in the middle. There was the, I thought it started well, the stuff in the middle around with some of the case studies and the examples and just some really different research that Adam has done and, and research that other people have done that Adam has worked with or spoken to was fantastic and particularly some of the found it really interesting some of the work he's done with teachers and, and leaders in schools and how it, that's applied or been applied to them given that they have highly stressful jobs and how some of this is incredibly relevant to to that group too couple of books that it reminded me of is Grit. There was an element and actually up front as I was reading the first few pages I was like oh how is this going to be different to Grit? It actually is quite different to Grit so that was interesting to see. So if you haven't read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth I've put a link to the episode about that in the show notes so you can click through to that. And there was a really big link to The Happiness Trap which is by Russ Harris and is all about acceptance and commitment therapy. Adam does actually mention that in the book, but there are some there are some links in the basis that acceptance and commitment therapy, particularly around the piece on changing your struggle mindset and accepting that the struggle sucks and being okay with your reaction to that or being okay with the fact that you're not always going to want to do the things you do, but not beating yourself up about that. So that area in particular, there's a lot of overlap there. Again, link to that episode, if you haven't listened to that one, is also in the show notes. If you haven't already signed up, for attending one of the retreat sessions where I'm bringing you not just the big ideas from books, I'm bringing you also created the space for you to read. I'd love to see you at one of those sessions. They've been going really well so far and there's some more dates happening this week for the last week of July. Head over to readtreat.space. There is a link to that in the show notes as well, of course. And book in your little quiet reading spot. We've had people from all around the world, from India, from Chile, and obviously from Australia joining. Love to see you at one of the sessions coming up. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.